Hi guys, so welcome to episode three of BH Live. And BH Live is a live Instagram, which also gets turned into a podcast and a YouTube series. And the aim of it is for me to interview some of the most amazing creatives in the industry from around the world. Last week, I had Adam Parson, who's a choreographer from LA, and he's great. And this week, we've got Vaughn and Anna Arnau. So um, I probably said that with a little twang at the end. So Vaughn is an incredible director, and I'm going to introduce him first. I'm reading from the screen, so if I look away, I'm not being rude. With a career spanning two decades and over four billion hits on YouTube, Vaughn Arnau is one of the UK's most prolific and iconic music video and commercials director. With his finger on the pulse, Vaughn has picked up a host of accolades throughout his career. His music video of Robbie Williams' Rock DJ was voted the seventh most groundbreaking music video of all time by MTV. His visual style and cutting edge approach has led him to direct memorable award-winning campaigns for major brands such as Levi's, Stella Artois, and Wranglers. He has picked up three Brit Awards, an MVA People's Choice Award, and an MVA Icon Award. Vaughan is heralded for his cinematic vision and hands-on style with celebrity talent, which consistently puts them in the comfort seat. He has a unique skill of always eliciting natural and engaging performances from his cast, while his ceaseless ambition behind the camera has made him hugely versatile. Vaughan's credit list is something dreams are made of, including Robbie Williams, Sam Smith, Normani, Pet Shop Boys, James Blunt, George Michael, John Newman, Ollie Mers, Spice Girls, One Direction, Take That, All Saints, The Script, Jamiroquai, Rod Stewart, Rick Ashley, and that's not all of them, <laughs> which is really scary. Okay, so moved on to Anna. Anna is a bit of a massive hitter in the advertising world. So Anna has worked in industry as a writer and executive director for the last 10 years. Shortly after graduating, she was hired at 18 Feet Under, which is now called Anne Rising. Sorry, 18 Feet and Rising, which is now just called Anne Rising. Anna was named Campaigns Faces to Watch in 2012 and was promoted to ECD Creative Partner in 2016. Her Christmas campaign, House of Fraser, helped beat John Lewis sales in 2015 and also won her a gold disc for record sales of Grace, featuring g Easy, You Don't Own Me. Yeah, I didn't have to sing, but I did. She created the improvised ad break, which aired on Comedy Central. The improv actors went live on TV without knowing what product they were going to be creating skits around, and their improv group are now famous across the globe. She loves to make people laugh. Her Mooster Dog ads from ClearScore helped take the users from 600,000 to 8 million and gained a cult following with Mooster Dog on Twitter. She created an idea Fight for Attention for Skoda, which used eye tracking technology similar to that is used in filters today. She has created work for Dogs Trust, Nando's, National Trust, Copperberg, Sixth, Freeview, Nationwide, Selfridges, and many, many more. She has been invited to the judging panel of D&AD Creative Circle, British Arrows, the APA, uh, Kinsale Sharks, and many more. She currently mentors for D&AD Shift, and she says London. Oh, sorry, and she says London. She has written articles and commented for many publications, including It's Nice, sorry, wait two seconds. It's Nice That Campaign, <laughs> It's Nice That Campaign, oh dear, I'm flopping, The Guardian and The Sunday Times. Aside from advertising, Anna was nominated for the D&AD YouTube Next Director Award for her short film, Bitchin' Heat. She also co-founded Yoko the Bear uh, with Riff Raff Films. Yoko the Bear is also, sorry, is also designed to help kids with their mental health. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring both of them on. I'm pretty sure they've already requested, amazing. So by the magic of technology, we should have Vaughn and Anna. Three, two, one, connecting. Yes, hey guys, how are you doing? 
<laughs> did, did you like like the readout of your your life's history? Yeah, <laughs> and then we got married. And then he got married. So yeah. the main thing is these guys are a crazy, crazy power couple in the industry, and they got married just over a year and a bit ago now. Yeah, 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 yeah. About a year ago, yeah. And that hat has been around for about two years as well. <laughs> How are you guys doing in lockdown? Not hay fever's killing me today, but apart from that, Anna's a Yeah, all right. Yeah. Anna's a, she's on form, that's great. All right, well, we'll dive straight into the questions because we only get an hour on the live and it starts to give me a two-minute timer near the end. And I really want, and there's questions already coming in for you, so I want to be able to answer as many of them as possible. So, the first question is, this industry, sorry, this industry is renowned for being a hard one to crack. How important do you think it is to help other people get a leg up in the industry? Here first. I think it is so important. I always like to try and mentor a director maybe once every two or three years. And I think there's nothing more than you, you're, 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 you're talking to somebody else in the business and they start talking about that director that you helped to get going and mentor it. You yeah. feel so proud doing it. And I think it takes nothing to do. And I think if you can find the right spirit, it's such a, it's such a powerful thing to do. And I think if you can build up that little network, you help somebody, they help somebody, before you know it you've got this whole yeah. of love and yeah and you just keep that soul going it's really important yeah i think it it is really important it's really hard when you're first starting out to find people to help you um especially if you're not connected like i really didn't know anyone who worked in advertising when i started out um and i noticed a lot of people got help from like family who worked yeah. in the industry so it it like definitely can be a little like it has in the past been a little bit of a like closed group, but that's mm. changing massively now. And like, it's not seen as cool to like hire family members just no. based on that. Like it's really about going out there and kind of putting yourself out there. So I just sent so many emails when I was first starting out yep. to so many people. Um, but yeah, it's quite hard to kind of find the right people to help you. But once you do, they're really, really willing. Yes. When it first started, I had this roll of film because it's like shot on film in those days. And I walked down Water Street. I used to live in Surrey. I didn't know anybody in London, anybody in Soho. And I walked in off the street in this place in Water Street and asked this guy if he could grade my film. Yeah. Like, sending it for me. Wow. And he all night grading it. He didn't know me from Adam. And it was just the most amazing thing for somebody to help me like that. And I'll never forget that. And I think that's the sort of thing. Just always give people your time. It's really important. It's nuts. Because this, this, for the people that don't know, I've worked with these guys on multiple occasions in the past. And Vaughn has allowed me to go and shadow him on a few shoots because he knows one day I want to potentially be a director. So what they're saying is completely legit and helping everyone out. And I would always recommend both of them to anyone and everyone. So yeah, brilliant. Um, guys, if you do have a question, make sure you put it in the question box below. Uh, if you write it in the comments, we will miss it by the end. So just make sure you put it in the comment box. Okay, question number two. You have both got to crazy heights in your career. Do you still get rejection and how do you deal with it? Mm -hmm. okay. um, so if you are entering the creative industry in any form, you will get rejection your whole life. Like even if you have written a script, you've shot it, you've got it made and it's been put out there, there will be some people on Twitter or wherever who will just try and tear you down. That's just kind of part of being a creative person. and. I think the more you put yourself out there, the more you get used to rejection. Mm -hmm. And also just finding, like knowing the difference between sort of con constructive criticism to help you yep. and complete rejection, which could be a kind of, it wasn't meant to be 
thing is really really important to like know the difference between mm-hmm. someone who's giving you critiquing you and helping you yeah. and someone where it's just actually this this isn't the right opportunity at the right time but like you've always just got to keep go- like battle through the rejection like never give up because the best people in life the most creative people will always find a way to get that creativity out there mm-hmm. And I always think it's kind of weird, like my, my sort of ethos is, is if you get something like a knockback on a job or somebody doesn't want to mm. use you or, or for whatever reason, I think it's always it, it's always done for that reason. And it's quite weird. So because I, I wouldn't have met Anna, but I, I went up for one job. I really wanted to do it. it was, I think it was for Sky. Um, we got it, then we didn't get it. And then all of a sudden, like we, we were available. And then I met Anna on her job. And so I think there's always... It, never think of it like it's the end of the world. Yeah. You just got to keep pushing on and keep pushing on and go yeah. for it. So I think there's always a reason why you didn't get a job. Yeah. I mean, I'm aware it's pretty obvious, isn't it? But I think Everything it's, happens for a reason in the end. You just turn, don't turn know it in the moment. Turn the negative to make it work for you. Yeah, exactly. Energy to make it positive. Anna, you, you touched on social media there um, in forms of rejection. How do you guys deal with the negative and the positive sides of social media? Um. Well... Vaughn doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for you it's fine. by One Direction fans, so I think, like, it's difficult as well because I think in lockdown, I've, like, social media's really helped me stay connected okay. to people. Um, whereas before the virus, I was kind of, I was a bit done with social media. I just felt yeah. like, especially Instagram, it's like this overly curated place where yeah. nothing's really real um but actually kind of getting i got TikTok last year and i was like oh this this feels good and pure and creative yeah. um so i think you've got to whereas you know twitter's mm. like i think each social media has its strength and weakness i think you've got to balance how much time you're spending on each platform mm. um especially with what's going on at the moment, like people are very angry as well and they're using it as an outlet. And I think to, there's like positives as well, Yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes to social media. And obviously one's not on social media, like we said a minute ago. What 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 brought you to the decision to not go onto social media when the whole world is kind of jumping um, on the bandwagon? Well, since, since I think it's a really good thing. I think if you took it mm. all the way, it would be a really lonely place. So that's <laughs> great way it's just a great communicator for everybody to keep in touch know what's going on for me i just you know when you're really busy and you just have yeah. time and um, I, I just fuck everything up to this street he's just too cool for social media yeah no well <laughs> end of the day you Oh, wow. The reason I did it was like every time I couldn't think of an idea, I'd look on Facebook mm. just as a procrastination thing. I was like, this is right. going to get me nowhere. And I think of all yeah. the hours I could have spent on Facebook in the last decade, instead I've just spent trying to think of my own ideas and focus yeah. my own creativity. Clever. So it's all a balance, really. Amazing. Cool. So early on in your careers, when you both got your first breaks, how did you use them to your advantage in securing future work? Um, I think that when, when you, it's, it's weird, you, I think you never know when you kind of get your break in a way, it's moved so fast and you could be working on a job that I think any job can, it's, it's like on a knife edge, one, you know, it could rain or something could happen or 
and you never know it is it's never a guaranteed cert and it may be that you you know your break may have happened three years ago and you didn't yeah. realize it i don't think it's that it, well it is kind of instant so i think it's that thing of, it's it's and then once you've had that first break mm. you're looking for your next break on your next break so i think it's just, just it's, it's just a constant it's keeping it right yeah. all the time and i think it's you know before you know it you, you know you get to sort of Kate say at my age, not Anna's age, you get to, and before you, you know, you think, fucking hell, I've done all that, and you get, it, it just goes so quickly. Yeah. And I think so the best thing is just, oh, I think the most important thing these days, so I was talking to um, a friend of mine, JP, DP, and he's just, he's just yeah. always got to bring your A game these days. Yeah. And I think just, as long as you do your best and stick with what you believe, and be, be prepared to kind of, you know, go, just follow that route. Follow around. Sometimes, just try and row line through, because, I mean, I think if you're really strong and you've got a brilliant idea, then do it. But you just, I think it's the most important thing is working with people yeah. and just, and it, it, it kind of, it grows. I think for me, it's never a break itself. It's just, it's, it's just, a, it just, it's a big growth. Yeah. And, and you don't realise your growth until you stop nearly at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, but I mean, you know. So. Yeah, I think you, was the question about securing your next? Yeah, so um, yeah. early on in your careers, when you had your big break, what did you do to kind of secure your future in the industry? Because I think you, everything should be like a learning. And mm. sometimes you can, it's a really fast industry um, and you can almost get caught up in how, like, in like busy culture. Yeah. So I think it's really important after every job, you sort of take stock. And yeah. so, like, well, what did I learn from this? What did I do different? But I think the other thing is, like, being a nice person <laughs> is so important. Yes. Just because people will rehire you. Mm. Um, so being nice, being professional, yeah. um, you know, not causing drama, all those things are so important because you'll get rehired for your next job. Yes. And it's a small industry. We work in, like, very small industries. And people refer one another. Yeah. So all you need is just like for one person to say, oh, have you spoken to this person? Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. So I think just those things are, are really important in kind of having more of a sort of... And also, I think it, it's sort of like choose the right people that you go and see that you approach for work. Yes. Because there's like probably in this world, there's probably 10% of really, really good people. Like let's mm. take advertising on this, 10% yeah. of really Ninety percent of people aren't bad; they're just not really brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I think if you if you pick the people that you really like and admire, and then go and find mm. those, because probably the chemistry is going to be all right already yeah. at that point. And I think you kind of like I, I, I have been fortunate. I'm, I'm like say one or two jobs have won lots of awards, but then yeah. it's kind of like it's totally fucking uncontrollable and out of your control because it's like. That was that moment in time when all the chemistry was right, all the people were right, yeah. it was like the perfect mix. And then I think when you say, how can you, you know, make sure you, when you go to the next, you never know because mm. you just, having that break is amazing, but it's also scary because like you're looking for the next break and, you know, they don't, then there's often a little trickle of work, but the next break might come in three or four years time or five yeah. years time, you know, when you do the next thing that you know fortunately lands on your plate kind of thing yeah it's nuts and touching on what Anna said about be a nice person um I not everyone realizes that bad news travels 10 times faster than good news so when you're a nice person it will travel slowly but if you're an asshole on set 
that's going to get told to many people very quickly. And I think a, a lot of dancers don't clock that and they come with an attitude and it's like, yeah. you've got you've to keep it down and be humble and be nice and cool. Yeah. What was, your, for both of you, so what would you say was your first big break? So if you can look back, what was the first job you did that you went, wow, I'm on this job? Oh, you no, you go first. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly think that most, time, most times I work, I think, wow, I'm on this job. So it's kind of, I think probably, like, let's say we take something like um, in the past, that like when I did Rock DJ for Robbie, where he's yeah. peeling all his skin off. And Amazing. You're on that job and you are shitting yourself. It's, <laughs> it was like a five-day shoot, I think, with prosthetics. Yeah. Rob was in the chair, like, for five hours every morning. Wow. stuff on him. And then you've got like, the record company there saying it's not going to look bloody, is it? It's not going to look like a peeled rabbit. And you're going, no, of course it's not, when you know it is. It's fear, and it's with the, with the music video, it's the artist, you know, it's the artist's money as well. Yeah. So they're spending a hell of a lot of money, and yeah. it, it, it's all trust. And so I think you're on that job, and you're thinking, fucking hell, this is amazing. Yeah. You don't know it's going to be amazing until... You know, there's that point. It's that. It's like if you're a choreographer or you're a creative, and you show the person that you're showing it to yeah. who can do. You, it's either hero or zero within. You know, and I would wow. Friday afternoon, you're about to show an edit. It could be the worst weekend of your life or the best. Weekend. Yeah. And it's just how you know. As long as everything is right, but you never know how somebody's thinking. And you may think you've done the best thing in the world, or the best yeah. choreography, or the best moves, or the best artwork, or the best design and somebody mm. just looks at it and goes what the fuck were you thinking <laughs> or they go that is amazing and all of yeah. a sudden you know often you're on to the next job and you're yeah so you kind of have to i think um big success or a big break often comes behind you in a wave about you know um, at yeah. least five weeks to a year later it's amazing how long it takes for a mm. job to circulate yeah even if it's got if it, you know if it's got millions of hits or something it's still takes time and that momentum yeah. it, it's not ever I've, I've never known anything to be overnight mm. Mm. yeah I, I my one was kind of different because i've never kind of made a music video for Robbie williams but i think when i got promoted to executive creative director i was really really young still mm. for you know that job most most people in advertising are kind of they're in their 40s 50s um but when they get that job and i didn't realize at the time how big a job it was yeah like you are running a creative agency there's millions of pounds worth of brands spent going under your sort of supervision and it really took me a long time to kind of gain the confidence to do that job well yeah um, it took me a couple of years to settle into the role and then when i started to i basically i just found my confidence i was mm. like no i can do this and i felt really comfortable in front of clients i felt really comfortable writing scripts on set like just really enjoyed it so Good. i think for me it wasn't necessarily like a moment but just a general kind of feelingness that yeah. i was in charge and confident in my ability to do the job yeah that's amazing so how, how old were you when you got promoted up to that role sorry how old were you when you got promoted up to that role um i think i was about 29 30. Oh, wow so for you it was like a natural thing you just slid into the industry and things just started happening yeah it was really hard work I just oh yeah obviously <laughs> just got it without any hard work <laughs> Never stop. 
Saying that though about it being instant or not being instant, you don't often know. I did a thing recently for um, James Blunt, which was about a song about his father. Yeah. It's just a big close-up. It's called Monsters, and you just instantly knew. It was just so there was like, no big effects. There was no wide shots. Just a close-up mm. of him singing about his dad. Wow. And the emotion that came across in one take. We we I think we only put one edit in it. But you just knew then you had something really, really special yeah. before you cut the camera at the end of the take. And whatever anybody thought about James Blunt, whatever anybody thought about the track, what anybody thought about anything, you just knew that pure emotion mm. was in there. And it was just, wow. that was one of the only things where, there's some, you know, when you shoot a, a, a commercial or a music video, there's, there's always a great take or it's a great idea. Yeah. But there was just, I've never done anything before with, come onto a set, I think we shot the whole thing in 40 minutes. One, two, I think wow. four takes, and you just knew you had, like, it was, you know, you just had to create the right atmosphere to, to let that flower grow. Mm. It was amazing, so. Amazing. Actually, that leads us quite nicely onto the next question, because, as you know, sometimes in this industry, we have to work on a super low budget. How do you create quality content and keep your standards as high as possible? That's, um, that's a really good question because budgets are um, definitely mm. tightening. I think you need a killer idea. Yeah. Like, it's all about the idea. If you don't have an idea, um, you need. You also need your team to be on board and a powerful, really great creative idea mm. will get people to go above and beyond for you. Yeah. Because it's, it is quite difficult, especially if you're asking favours of people that you've already asked a favour of a million times before. Um, <laughs> If people love the idea, they'll want to be part of it. Yeah. So you you need to make sure that if you've got a really small budget for mm. something, that the your core idea is like is really good. Yeah. Also, I think if anybody's making a test film or um, just some an idea they've mm. got and it's their first, it should really be priceless. I think don't think of a one day shoot to try and get an idea across or get your. <laughs> Your, yeah. or your little stuff go for a fucking six or seven day shoot yeah because i think when you're pulling that first favor and you get the right people around you you should just go for the moment because when you walk in people say oh i've just shot this it's only you know it's only 500 pound it's only yeah. 50 pounds it doesn't matter you should just but if you put all your love and your soul and you can you know the thing that i think the thing about a, a great creative it's you're a great instigator you can just get people to you excite people. You tell people your ideas. Say, this is what I want to do. It'll be fucking amazing. But I know we want to shoot it on a Friday afternoon, but I want to shoot it all next week. Or just something. <laughs> if, you can, if you can sell it, yeah. people will do it. And I think if you're making your first film, whether you're an editor, director, dancer, cameraman, just put everything mm. you've got into it. And, and don't go to somebody and say, it was only this amount. Just say, yeah. this is what I do. Be yeah. proud of it and use your own creativity to inspire people yeah, to be involved. Once in your life, I think, to make that test. But then when you get into the world of, you know, the real world of commerce and things, yeah. it's so really small. And then you've got to translate that idea. It's like, it, it, it's just how, when you brief people, the people just get people to die to do it for you. Yeah. And they'll give you everything. Then, in a way, budgets are a kind of reality, but in a way they go out the window because if you've got that uh, passion in there, that's priceless, I think. So So you can put it around. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So for all the creatives out there, once you have secured a job, how do you go about retaining your own style and creativity while still keeping to the brief and also keeping the client happy? Um, so you've got to always be true to your own creativity, I think, no matter what. So there are going to be, they're going to be sticky conversations mm. and you're always going to, 
So one thing I would say is like get really good at selling your story, your sort of own creativity. Because yeah. if you can't articulate it, then whoever ultimately is paying to get your idea made, as it is in advertising or music videos, like they're not going to sign off the money and you're not going to get your idea made. Mm. You've got to get really good at articulating why your heart, your creativity is, is saying it should be a certain way. And then I think the other thing is it's got to be true to the brand or or will probably say true to the artist or the song in some way. So you can't just go, oh, I think it's got to be like a dancing panda just because I saw this funny dancing panda thing. Like it has to be, yeah. like, it has to be true to the brand. You know, that's why, that's why creatively, instinctively mm. should feel right. Um, yeah. yeah, just kind of managing those conversations and getting people on board with your idea and not being um, a sort of creative diva about it, really. <laughs> also, I think when, let's say, um, somebody has a really dark style, it's a really yeah. intense style, or it's, um, they shoot everything backwards, or they do a really dark, deep black and white look, and that's their style, that's mm. their thoughts, they've got their life around that. I think when somebody comes to you with a job, you know, also try and make sure that you, you feel that you can put your style and it complements the script or the job that's come in, because I think the worst thing is, is when you try and shoehorn your style or look for mm. something, and, it, and it's like, it's not relevant. You kind of got to be able to smell that out and know that, yeah. because I think, there's nothing worse than diluting your own ideas, diluting your style, diluting your whole ethos, and then you know you're doing something for crisps or something, and it's just people like you because they like your name. But when, yeah. it, when you actually go with you, bring your dark world or you bring your style, and then people go, well, can it just be a bit brighter? And you think, well, what the fuck am I doing here? So I think it's knowing that you're, it's having the foresight that the product you're going to deal with is going to like you as well. Yeah. And don't try and fucking shoehorn <laughs> a bag of crisps that's not going to, and people want it bright and you, you know, so try and, try and suss it out mm. at the beginning. It, it, it's the person that's coming to you right for you as well i think that's yeah. really important so i i so i'm adding you guys know the questions i was going to ask but i'm adding ones in here and there because i just i think it'll be great for the audience um yeah. so how important do you think it is for a dancer a choreographer a director to actually brand themselves in their own creative style so if they've got a very distinct style um how important is it to really niche themselves in that style but you know by niching yourself you're cutting yourself off to a different market so do you think it's important if you have a strong style to niche yourself and just go, this is me, or do you still think it's important to show as much different things you can do? I think, I think let's say, um, uh, uh, I won't mention any, but let's say uh, a choreographer, let's say, but it's, mm. it's normally, for us as a director or a creative deal, it's not normally saying you've got to work with her or him because this is what they do. It's normally mm. one job that we've seen that we go, fucking hell, that, uh, that video or that commercial or that, that's, that, that, that's, yeah. that stage was amazing. And I think it's, it's, again, it's finding, in life, you kind of find the right people to work with yeah. normally, and you kind of come together, mapping, I don't know, God finds you and he brings yeah. you together. And when you work with somebody that you click and the chemistry is right, then you kind of, you, you, you shine a light on each other. And I think that's the... Um, that's then when people say, I think people say, I think people look at events in time mm. and some, what something's done and rather than, and then what you do kind of comes off the back of that. Yeah. Thing. So, um, and I think that, that naturally in life, that finds its way, that, that kind of, the water kind of finds its own level. And, and Amazing. 
yeah, zone, I think. Yeah. I think it's always good to know what you're good at. Mm. I think to maybe pigeonhole yourself as a dancer wouldn't necessarily be the right thing to do. It depends. Like, whenever we do um, castings, it's kind of, as a creative, uh, you know, who doesn't um, kind of constantly watch Dancer Real, it's really who sort of stands out. Yeah is right for that script or often like the choreographer will often input what they who they think and <laughs> yeah. they know yeah. the dancer yeah. so it's a kind of mixture i think i think it's good to show range if you yeah. want to get maybe more work but the counter argument to that is well i want to be known for this type of dance so i'm just going to get yeah. really really good at that. and also yeah. if you're good and you love what you do and you believe in what you do and you there's one thing that you like and you're an expert at then people people see that and then mm. they go, you know you go for that casting and they say one thing that you can do brilliantly that may only come up once a year or once every two years but when you can do it and you can nail it that's that's the magic that's you. you'll be the only one available for the job then as well exactly. that's a great yes, thing yes, yeah yes. so when you guys are on set we we all know it can get very stressful sometimes how do you keep everyone happy keep control of the situation and generally keep the mood up how do you do that? <laughs> Let's get good choreographer that I can bully. So, no, um, I think it's just, um, it's it, it, to me, it's how I, getting up in the morning, how you feel for that first thing. I like to be mm. one of the first people on the set. We like, we've got like, a, um, I've got this guy called Von Adams, who he's, he, he, he DJs as well. And he, so we get there, we put music on at the beginning, and you kind of like, you kind of got, even if it's like 6 30 in the morning, just put music on, build an atmosphere, mm. have. Have people around you that you trust, that are family, but it's amazing when everybody comes. It's amazing when everybody's children relax and all your crew are children relax mm. and they're talking about what they've been doing or whatever. And there's no bitching going on and stuff like that. It's amazing that people want to be part of that, and that's why yeah. I normally try and keep the same crews all the time because you can just give people. It, it's not a party, but you just have to yeah. create that. It's really cheesy, but it's like baking a cake. And if you get one of the ingredients wrong, it goes really bad. And yeah. Like shit. So, <laughs> I think that, um, Is that moose? Um, yeah, moose. So I think it's like creating that atmosphere and building the right atmosphere. And, and, and so then when the artist comes on or the actor comes on or the dancers come on or whoever comes on to perform, mm. they feel that it's really... You know, but it's yeah. just it's a really beautiful bed for them to perform on. So it's, like, it's just everyone working in so synergy. Performing in front of the camera, then it's a close up. I always put them on like a one foot raised stage riser because yeah. I think when people step up onto a little stage, even if it's four foot square, then there's a little bit of movement in that floor. They just feel more special than it. And so it's, okay. it's all about setting the scene, even if you don't see it. I think it's just thinking about the whole. Amazing. What people, yeah, what people don't see on camera is often, you know. To, what makes the magic happen? Yeah. Or, mm. or never get a girl to take their, their, their heels off if they're walking across the room because it's better for their feet because they walk in such a different way. And it's, yeah. you don't see it in a close-up, but you can tell by the way somebody moves and walks and dances. So. Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. I think, uh, like, as a creative, you've got to be really prepared because if people know you're kind of not, you know, not on top of it, they can sense that in you. Yeah. So mm. I think you've got to, and, like, know what your role is. So... A lot of advertising creators want to be directors and they'll kind of try and direct. <laughs> and that's what they love. So 
Obviously, metaphorically, metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends where you're shooting, doesn't it? Very true. <laughs> and then if, um, if you're in, you know, if you're in an advertising shoot, you know, no, you've got to take care of your clients to make sure they're okay. happy because uh, they're, they're putting the money behind it. So you don't want any kind of arguments on set and just kind of check in, constantly check in with people. Yeah. Okay. Um, and before overall creative vision is, uh, is being and, and be respectful as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. If there's somebody in the room who's part of the group that you don't even know it is and they yeah. just come up with some comment and, you know, like sometimes people just look at you and go, who the fuck are you? But I think oh, always <laughs> listen. You never, yeah. always listen because you, know, you never know. Yeah. Well, one thing I always say to people is whenever you're on set, you treat everybody with the same respect because that person who was a runner or sweeping the floor will be the next director in 10 years looking to hire you and you'll show up and he'll remember you. And I, I know from being on set with you both, actually, but Vaughan, you, you know everybody's name on set. And that was the one thing that impressed me the most. You knew I'm terrible at remembering names. So for me, it's like, got to drill it in. But you knew everybody on set. And I was like, wow, amazing. Cool. Moving on. So... What would you recommend to a graduating student performer who's trying to break it into the commercial world? So into music videos, commercials, um, and so on. I would say it's gonna be so soul destroying. So, and as long as you're ready for that, and as long as you're somebody who's, you've got to be so positive, mm. cause you're gonna get so many knockbacks. You could walk into a door one day and it's bang, it's straight away, mm. it's happened. But I think be prepared for knockbacks be prepared to keep going. Mm. If you even like, you know, we all think we're good, but and, and so I think you've got to believe that you're, there's something in you. That you, I think the most important thing is you've got to wake up every morning and you've got to be prepared to do your job for free because we yeah. paid it for bonus. And I think if you get up and do something, whatever you love, whether it, I always say to somebody when they come on a set and they're making a tea, make the best fucking cup of tea you can so people remember that cup of tea, yeah. and then you'll go on and on. And I think just keep hammering doors down there's some you know most people are really nice out there and really helpful but sometimes you know it, the worst thing in these days i think people who just don't phone you back or people who just don't you know you put something in and you don't get yeah. called back and i think you just got to be prepared for that and know how to um navigate the next stage without being a pain in the ass or without getting a but i think it's just yeah it's just feeling it's feeling it's feeling people's reactions all the time looking for body movements and just keep going because you'll get there in the end it might take two it might take two days it might take two years it might take 20 years but if you really love what you're doing i think you'll you, you, in the end it will come. come through yeah Definitely. i think probably doing your homework um as much as possible so just yeah. knowing like the history of you know of know the history of dance like to a t just know yeah. everything yeah. and then absorb it and then what's your spin on the future and um just kind of working out any way you can get your name out there like nowadays you've just got to put so many hours into not just figuring Mm. out your choreography but like your sort of brand and your social channels and how you can i would say like sort of take part in other industry things that are going on it's just good to keep making connections because the people who are sort of your graduating year as you all grow up, you'll all start, you'll all need each other and need to sort of refer each other. So I think making friends as well, mm. just a group is really important. And I think also, it's also be, it's, um, 
knowing references and knowing your history and knowing how to describe and sell something. Yeah. So if you if you're trying, if you've got this idea and you can't, don't be scared to say it's kind of the Beastie Boys meets Dolly Parton because it sounds really random. But sometimes people get it so quickly. Yeah. They say well, it's taking this from Beastie Boys, it's taking that from this, and it's taking. And people get it, and just so it, it and, and I think know your references, know yeah. how to sell it, and I think people people know their dance references, they know their yeah. history references, and and just say it's not you're going to rip it off, but just be say why don't we take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and just use references. It's really 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 helpful for people. Amazing, Jenna. It it made me think of a story. Um, do you know the Big Bang Theory? Sorry? Do you watch The Big Bang Theory? Yeah, the no, 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 no. Oh, okay. So there's there's a character in there called Amy Farrah Fowler that came in, I think, on season five. She right. used to be a runner on the set, and she was always apparently the best, the best, the best, the best. And so one day the director went, "You'd be perfect for this role." Wow. And now she's famous. <laughs> just by being a runner on the set. So. You just you just got to be in it, right? And just got to be doing it and be seen. And again, it keeps coming back to be a nice person or don't be a dick. <laughs> is the other one. All right, cool. So this is the last question I have for you guys. Um, so guys, anyone on the line, if they do want to ask a question, hit it in the question box below and I'll put it over to these two as soon as I'm done. This might be a big one, so we'll see. How do you think the coronavirus has affected the industry and how do you think it will change things going forward? Well, I think the massive shame is like the arts in, uh, like the arts industry's been really hit. Um, mm. And so I think it's really, really tough. I mean, I think it's been good to see that some funds have been set up, but like that's not going to kind of stretch as much as it needs to. I think um, the world needs creative people more than ever now. So I yeah. would say it's really important that creative people don't give up. Mm. Um, you know, there's, 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 there's not enough creativity in the world and we need more of it. And the creative solutions are the ones, they're always the lateral ones. So mm. I think it's really important. I think it's going to come back, this is probably what you're going to say, about it sort of coming back fighting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to need entertainment more than ever. Like everyone's going yeah. through a terrible time in the world right now. It's just awful what's going on. So people are going to need some respite and some joy from life. I think that's... Oh, yeah. yeah, I think what I was talking to you the other day, Brenton. I think the real leveler about this is at the beginning of this year, I was really busy. I did two big shoots in January. Mm. It was really flat out. Um, you know, so let's say I was one of the directors working, yeah. and then there were directors that weren't working, and I, and you know, um, in September I wasn't working that much, and there are people who were working. And yeah. we, we'd let you think about it with dancers. You know, there's certain dancers they're always going to be working, and there are other dancers who are kind of unemployed who are resting. And yeah. but now we're all unemployed and we're yeah. all not working. And there's one or two people who are, you know, there's a few shoots going on, but none of us are working. And I think now it's kind of like it's it's um. It's kind of like pulled, you know. It was a peaks and troughs, and it's yeah. pulled it all down. But it's, I think, we're all at the, at the um, we're all at the starting gate like horses. Yeah, just ready for like that yeah. gun to go off. It's a big leveler, and I always think it's there's going to be like it's going to be before the virus and after the virus. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a whole different mindset. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of amazing creativity because mm. if everybody's like us, we've just been sitting around taking pictures yeah. of that. <laughs> Um, you know, so I think it's going to be good for comfort, but, um, you know, so I think it's, it's going to be exciting and I think it's, it's good for people who, mm. 
who are just starting because I think they're going to be coming up starting gate with us. Yeah. So rather than us, we're up there, we're always busy. And so all of mm. a I think it's going to be, uh, it's a real leveler. And I think it was, um, it's the most, uh, it's, 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 I never thought I'd see anything like this in my no. lifetime. We're living for a disaster movie. Um, and it kind of doesn't feel real half the time. How many, how many movies do you think are going to be made about this time? Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I watched them. Uh, they made it already, didn't they? Yeah. They were watching them on Netflix. <laughs> oh god, yeah! That that series. Wow. Well. You know, I thought I was watching the news. It was so, you know, this was shot a couple of years ago. So I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so I think it's it's I think how it's it's a leveler. I think it's uh, mm. you know the first few weeks were interesting because suddenly stopped working and and, and not not work mm. it was really weird and it was so quick as well yeah no, just so that's the thing so it's going from really busy at the beginning of it to nothing mm. um it's uh i think it's it, you just got to take as i said at the very very beginning got to take that negativity mm. and, and take all that energy whatever your energy is doing in your head at that point you just got to somehow reform it to make it positive so and do you think that all this is going to change how film sets are how the advertising industry is going forward yeah, it has already. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff about, you know, shoot guidance going around. Wow. So people are starting yeah. to shoot again, but there's all sorts of things people are talking about. Like, you have to keep your distance. You can't, there's no catering on set. Yeah. So, like, catering on set is one of the most fun things. Like, <laughs> you sit on a bus. Yeah. And it's just like a really, it's a re like, it's one of my favorite things of, of the day. Yeah. And um, so everyone's got to take a packed lunch. Yeah, um, it's just weird. Wow. And also that you know they're talking about instant tests for shoot mm. shoot days, so everyone gets tested on the way in, um, tested before they can enter a studio. You know, you wow. Check together all these things that we took for granted. Yeah. Before, um, just hanging out, and I think that's the thing I like about shooting is it's like yeah. family. It's the sort of camaraderie, and yeah. you give up after a long shoot week, you give everyone a big hug. When you wrap, when you can't do any yeah. of that. You can't, you can't go near anyone. A friend of mine directed a job last week and he said it was really weird. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to drive with anybody to the set. You have to drive yourself. Um, he said it was like you had to take your own lunch. Um, wow. And I think, they were, I think they were talking about if it's a big shoot, you know, once it comes back yeah. on, on a stage. There, I think they're talking about doing, a, um, I might be wrong, but I think they're talking about tests in the morning and tests in the evening. For people and things like that if it's just certain it's gonna, i think it's gonna be like a passport it's gonna be really scary so yeah well because in china they have the app don't they and there's now yeah. apparently an app coming out here that's gonna say when you were last tested and so on it's but gonna be crazy it'd be awful if that something can hack that yeah. and just... right oh god yeah <laughs> that you've had it and you haven't and everybody you don't see anybody for two weeks i mean it's you know cool all right so we have a few questions in from the audience. The first one is from Celia. Have you experienced a difference in directing dancers and actors? How do you adapt to the direction between the two? Okay, I personally love working with dancers to be actors myself, because yeah. I think I will always cast, um, a, if it, even if it's not a dance move or something, mm. often dancers are much more, their timing is really good. There, and they kind of, they just got this kind of more natural performance. So yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't not, let's say I wouldn't always do that. Let's say because I'm actors and I'm, I'm that horrible thing so bad. But so, <laughs> I think there's an elegance about a dancer that's um, so. Let's say I'll take you a good example. If it was say for somebody, um, uh, just it was a, it was a piece in an ad 
Just, just make yourself employable right now because there's going to be yeah, so many people fighting for the work. For everything, you know, so it's like if, if, yeah. if you do a specific dance or you've got a specific look, mm. you know, that can often translate into something that yeah. maybe you hadn't thought of and somebody else sees it. So Yeah, right. Next question is, this has been so useful. Thank you. Oh, it's not a question. <laughs> Sorry, no, it is. When approaching a director choreographer, who would you like to learn under and be mentored by? I'm not sure if that was for me or for you guys. <laughs> it says when, sorry, it's it's so small because there's so much writing on it. Uh, when approaching a director choreographer, who would you like to learn under or be mentored by? Who would I like to be mentored by? Either of you. <laughs> I, get, I get mentored by Vaughan a lot. He's taught me a lot about directing and being on set. I think, I mean, I, I think you should just always surround yourself with creative people if you're if you're a crazy person who wants to learn mm. like you can never stop learning even if you're like yeah. 99 you should all the best creative people will always just constantly constantly learn. ask for help yeah 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 i think um i don't know i i, I personally i've got so many likes and so many mm. film genres and um, i think baz Luhrmann's amazing i think oh, some of the stuff that he's incredible and i often think you know like just think, fuck it, I'd love to be on that set and stand there and just, so I think it's, um, so I think I, I wouldn't mind spending um, a, a weekend with, with or something like that. I, mm. I think, um, also TV just, series that are out. Yeah, I mean, there's some amazing. Like my t-shirt, this is, this is a t-shirt from um, a production company called Pretty Bird. Yeah. They gave me this t-shirt and it's like loads of their female directors' surnames. Oh, wow. Yeah, Melina Mastupas, who, she directs a lot of Beyonce music videos and wow. um, Insecure, the TV mm. show. So oh. I think anything that like interests you, just like follow the director's writer's rooms, the director's commentaries, just even if, if, they, even if they're like mm. someone that you can't get hold of. Yeah resources out there as a director though i think um, if you're a director and you're just starting probably the best person to be mentored by apart from another director is an editor oh, I think editors, okay they'll teach you about what you should have shot what you don't need to shoot what mm. you do need to um you know as i said before bake yeah that cake. very smart um, um uh so i think even if it's um you want to be a choreographer you want to be an actor don't necessarily go with somebody straight to the choreographer yeah go for somebody who looks who can complement what you do and, and yeah. teach you about um so it's yeah. and they, they teach you less about style but they teach you more about communication and what you need to do to tell that story yeah that that couldn't be more true because as a choreographer obviously i've learned from dancers and other choreographers it yeah. wasn't until i started really working on sets that i learned more from directors 
because I had to constantly think about what the director is looking for, which then led me to learn about all the equipment, the lenses, what you're using, and how how you have to adapt your music depending on music, your movements depending on what equipment you're using. So a prime example is if you're using a very low aperture, high aperture, sorry, and there's only a very small focus point, I would never choreograph fast stuff that goes back and forward because yeah. the, the, the guy doing the focus would hate me for the whole shoot. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. just understanding what everyone else is thinking about. And then, you know, you get into the cameraman and, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. But also, the, I, I know I think also, I'm probably going a bit off piece now, but fine. Going, um, just be prepared to kind of be open to what's going on. Like mm. I worked with somebody recently and um, they choreographed a, um, a one minute piece for me. Okay. And they and they and I said, yeah. Well, don't worry. We can take a bit of that one minute later, and we can use it again, or mm. we can, can resync stuff, yeah. and things like that. And I think, uh, and it was really hard to try and explain to somebody how my brain works and how yeah. we could put things around and not 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 um, carnage their work, but mm. how you know, don't worry. We don't need it all. Yeah. You know, two minutes exactly. We can. Yeah. So we can put a slow motion shot in the middle of that, and it will just yeah. so I can. So sometimes when yeah. somebody's telling you something, they're not destroying what you're no. you've created. But they just think, you know, so it's it's knowing how other people think and mm. knowing what can get you out of a situation as well. That if you can't quite get the whole piece done, yeah. you know. So it's um, it's, it's no, it's, agreed. It's only somebody maybe like an editor who taught me things like that. Yeah, so. and I suppose my my biggest lesson early on was to not be precious with my own work yeah. because the direct has a different vision and the editor has a different vision. So never get too precious about what you're creating for someone else's idea or brief or that sort of thing. That was kind of my biggest learning curve many, many, many years ago when I was like, I wanted this. But then you, you forget you're being employed to deliver or help the, the director create their own vision. Now I saw the next question and you're gonna laugh at this. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um. <laughs> good question the egg yeah 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 fair enough <laughs> any reason why or just <laughs> we'll leave it there <laughs> all right so what advice would you give to young dancers who are looking to break into the industry i think we kind of covered this in a question earlier didn't we yeah, I, I think this sounds really silly right mm. really stupid but when we've been in, in when we're doing because um, often we'll turn mm. up to do um We'll be there for uh, when we're doing the the, the, the casting, yeah. callbacks, things like that. It's a really thing, silly thing. To say, but you, as a as a director, if you're looking for people, you always remember one is somebody's got a great style and yeah. movement, and what you're after. But it's really fucking stupid thing to say. But you always remember what somebody wears, and it might just be somebody. Yeah. yeah. You go, oh, the, the girl, the girl in the smiley t-shirt or something. Yeah. Always so true. They always do something that. Um, uh, just to make people remember you, I think it's really important because it's amazing if you're seeing 50 or 100 people, mm. 300 people that day. Um, and I think don't don't be gobby and don't don't be. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's amazing Smile. when yeah. But when somebody comes up and they go hi, and you, and if you're late or something, just don't be flustered. You know, mm. but just say I'm sorry I'm late. You know, like for whatever and just tell it as it is. You know, people remember that and they're just. And, and it's amazing when you're in a casting. You can. It's the same with when we go. I'm sure, but you can smell the people with confidence, and you can smell yeah. the fear of people going. Yeah. Going to just wear something, or just yeah. something that people remember. If it's your a favorite T-shirt, or just a little sim, or something. Yeah. And it's um, obviously the talent comes first, but it's it's. Um, of course. It's amazing what people remember and what sticks in. Yeah, well, it's funny because colleges still tell their students to just wear black. 
Yeah. Even to this day. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. No. Remember that, um, that girl who came in with a, she had like this jumper and it had Phil and Grant Mitchell from EastEnders yeah. like, in the, where the boots yeah. were. And like, Brilliant. That is brilliant. And I can imagine that happening. Yeah. All right. Okay. This one's very small. So I've got to get super close. This has been, no, uh, as a mum of a dancer, almost 16 years old, what advice can you give to her in regards to breaking into the industry? Sadly, her height is against her. So she must be quite short. You know, I, 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 in, in our world that we work in, we, we just always look for amazing people. Um, so I think there may mm. be um, the thing of theatre and stage and the whole thing, which I yeah. think is not our world. So I always just look for really brilliant, strong people yeah. who are going to work hard, um, put a lot into it. And again, yeah. nice, you don't want about being nice to people. Be nice as long as you're good at what you do. Mm. It's, it's you know, and do you know what? Even if you if you if you're a dancer or, and you're just starting, even if you go in and you don't work on the first set and you're just making a tea or you're just yeah. say, doing things to help, you know, or like, can I just come along and watch or something? I think just be prepared to do anything. Yeah. Don't be abused because that's there's nothing worse than that. But know your worth. But just say, can I just to get your foot through that door? Yeah. You know, I, I always when I first started and I was a runner, I always used to say, look, I'll give you two days for free. And I just, yeah. and then it's a, and once you're in that door, you know, and you're good, it's amazing. But people just, mm. even if you have to, you just got to give a bit away at the beginning. Yeah. And don't ever get too despondent. Just yeah, keep going. I think that persistence yeah. is so important in yeah. the arts yeah. industry. Like, well, I actually used to, I wanted to be an actress when I was younger. And my dad mm. took me to one audition, an open audition in London. And I, I didn't get through the first round. And like, that's when I gave up. Acting, which is why I'm behind the camera, not in front of me. <laughs> so I just think like there's people out there who will mm. stick with it, and they'll they'll make it eventually. And there's people who will drop off. Yeah. So if you really love it, I think you've got to stick with it. And like sometimes if we're if we're like because we're pitching for jobs all the time, you know, you've got to be prepared. Like even you know with with somebody like with my show, you got like sometimes you'll do. You'll, you'll be on a roll and you'll get four yeah. knocks in a row and you'll be like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Sometimes it's fucking killer. It's like you'll get 10 knockbacks. Yeah. But people you really want to work with. But I think I, I, think, I think I did Sam, five Sam Smith storyboards mm. before I, I did the one with Sam. And like, oh, oh, the third time you do a treatment, you think, oh, okay, well. And then you do the fourth one, you think, it's not meant to be. You do the fifth one, you think, oh, I think you know, they're not even showing you my treatment. Like, oh, <laughs> and then when you get that one, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, I went, we went to the pub and it was like, I went to probably Sam Smith, it was a bit like, <laughs> talking. And I just sort of, but all those, not, I think I did about six, six mm. different angles of his. I picked yeah. And you just think, I oh, probably hates my style. And, and, and it was just like, yeah. and it was amazing. And it was so, keep going and keep going. And even if it, you're getting the, the same knockback from mm. one person, don't take it. Don't give it up. Don't think I'm wearing the wrong t-shirt. Just yeah. think like, you know, just keep pounding and pounding. And yeah. if you're good, you're, the door will open. Yeah, they, they, they have a saying that the only way to fail is to quit. So yeah. just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Um, I've got two questions here, which I think are quite funny. Anna, this is for you. Where did the idea of Moose the Dog come from? Oh, I can show Wait, you. Moose the Dog. Bring him in. Hey, just, we have to have one under the table. I know. And we've got... We've got one minute, 50 seconds left. Oh, Jesus Christ, quickly. <laughs> it goes fast, right? This is Moose the Dog. This is Moose the Dog. Yeah. That's the 
for the podcast, there is a dog on the screen. Go to the YouTube. Before anybody gets upset, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wet coat to keep him cool. Let's miss a dog. Yay. Yeah, so do you, do you generally take a lot of your ideas from your own life experience? Yeah, I did a talk the other week about script writing uh, purely based on the stories you have to tell. So mm. I think like advertising is so, it's lacking diversity in the creative departments. So I always like go mm. out of my way to write different scripts and like different ideas based on like my personal life. Amazing. If I know you, I'll write you into a script. Yeah, so art, art imitating life, is that the right one? Yeah. Or is it the other way around? And very last question for you, Vaughan, we've got one minute left. What was it like to work with Spice Girls and One Direction? <laughs> um, it's like, it's, it's amazing. When, when there's a band like that that's so big, mm. they are so big normally because they're so magnetic and they've got, just got this power in yeah. them. And um, Spice Girls were like, they were really famous at that point. So it was kind of just, you know, like it was just walking around with them. And it was kind of, it's quite weird because you can observe it. Yeah. When I was with One Direction, we went to Australia. Um, and they said, well, the guys walked out, and I kind of, I didn't go on stage with them, but I walked out to the, into the stage with them, and it was seeing, I think it was 80,000 girls yeah. just going mad. It was um, it was amazing. Yeah. So being around that phenomenon is kind of, um, it's just incredible. It's, uh, I'm literally yeah. going to have to cut you because we've got 10 seconds left. So I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to you both for coming on the line. Some of the stuff you said has been incredible. So, speak to you soon. Bye.